Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first episode of Two Girls, One, one Topic. <laughs> Do we say thank it at the you. same time? No, it's okay. I think we'll get there. You were really, you were doing something good there, so I well, don't want to like interrupt. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I think we'll get there with time. Okay. Um, this is Jamie. And this is Devony. We might sound the same. I'm not sure. We'll have to play this back in here. I think, I think we sound different enough. Yeah. Um, so... Today, we are here to bring you a story that has become near and dear to our hearts over the last (laughs) seven days. (laughs) I only found out about her, like, nine days ago, so... And it was through me babbling something incoherent that we had to run back and fact check. True, true. So, we are here to tell you today the story of Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Or as I like to say, Elizabeth Holmes and... (laughs) There it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> everybody at home, please give your best Elizabeth Holmes impersonation. And please go watch a video of her to see how she talks. I am not lying. She's not. No. Um, we are also currently drinking some truly iced tea. And we want to just really, we just wanted to kick off these podcasts with a review. A little alcohol review. Because mm-hmm. we love to drink and we love to chit-chat with each other, so... That's yeah. that's what we're here to do with you today. Two favorite pastimes. I do have to say the truly iced tea tastes like shit. <laughs> absolute garbage. I um, absolutely have never hated anything more. I do keep drinking it because I do not want to waste it, and I yeah, would it's also just like it's to get still a little sitting buzz. in front of her. So it is. It's in my hand actively, but it and it just tastes so strongly of stevia. Which if stevia doesn't bother you. This might be a good choice for you. It's very low-cal. However, I yeah. hate stevia. I also, looking at the ingredients list, which I didn't know they put this on alcohol. They normally don't, which is why I'm surprised that it's here. Yeah, I see that there's honey in this, and this might be a really controversial and popular opinion. I don't like honey very much. I think it's very overwhelmingly sweet and has a very, like, I don't know. Didn't you spend a summer working with bees? And I on like don't a like honey them. Farm? Wow. I don't. Oh my god! I got stung by a bee once. Mm-hmm. The buzzing gives me anxiety. One of them got out of their little box, and I was stuck in like a dark, like a shed. I had to keep them in like a dark shed mm-hmm. because you, they like, I don't know, can't see well in the light. One of them got out, and I just heard the buzzing all around me. So I put my arms over my head. He sent me right into my arm. It was like seven in the morning. Oh, I didn't god. know if I was allergic. I was all alone. <laughs> really scared uh so now the buzzing gives me a lot of anxiety and i don't like bees fuck the bees there i said it (laughs) i think they'll be okay without me and my efforts i think they'll go on just fine i was always a really strong bee advocate um i I felt like they would never do anything to hurt me on purpose they Mm -hmm. only try to protect themselves Mm -hmm. and i had been stung like six times or so and then this summer i went to joshua tree Mm -hmm. you know the story i think (laughs) Everybody knows the story. <laughs> I went to Joshua Tree. Annie and I, my friend Annie, for those of you listening at home who don't know us, though I'm, I think at this point you're mostly going to know us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got attacked by aggressive honeybees in Joshua mm-hmm. Tree, which apparently just happens when they get too thirsty in the desert. And I wasn't... That's demonic. I wasn't doing anything <laughs> at all. And I was actually just like standing still because I was like, you know what? They're really overwhelmed. I'm, be- I'm being swarmed by bees. And I was like, they're overwhelmed. I'm going to stop moving and I'm just like frozen in place and all of a sudden it just stung me in the hand and then it got horribly infected and infection spread 
towards my heart in a yeah. terrifying way. So no, now I hate lie. them. I hate bees now. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're on team yes. fuck the bees. I'm on team fuck the bees. After that happened to you, I was afraid you were going to die and mm-hmm. I hated bees. Mm-hmm. I was very concerned about the way it was traveling up your arm at a rapid pace. Yeah. Uh, you know, Straight and you to pulled the fucking through. Heart. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled through. They had to, I had to go to an Arizona, Arizona urgent care in the middle of a pandemic. People weren't wearing masks in the urgent care. And then they had to shoot me in Arizona. the ass because it's Arizona, which yeah. is disgusting. Um, and then they had to shoot me in the ass with steroids and antibiotics. And they were like, yeah, if anything changes, you have to go to the emergency room. And I was like, oh, like, like if what changes though? Like what exactly <laughs> are we considering like change? And she was like, if you'll know if you're, I'm like, but is there anything before me dying that we consider change? Like, I don't want to not be able to breathe. And that is the the warning. That's sign. the warning sign. Like, is there anything else that I could possibly look for? She was like, if you'll know if it changes at all. Okay, well, it's, I'm sitting here and it's changing. So what do we? But I would say sitting here now, you did know, correct? I did. You knew. You lived. I lived. So yeah. nothing bad happened. Right. But I like, okay. So because that morning I had a teleconference call, whatever with the doctor mm-hmm. and he was, and I was showing him like, it was like a zoom, whatever call. And he was like, oh yeah, that looks really bad. And he like called me a bunch of antibiotics and steroids and stuff. And then, um, in like three hours, um, the pharmacy was like finally opening and then I'm like still waiting for it. And then it's, I'm watching it travel down my arm <laughs> through my chest, like in my armpit, mm-hmm. across my armpit into my chest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, like this is looking worse. Like, am I still just going to wait for these antibiotics? Like what do I, <laughs> so then that's when I went to urgent care. So like I was seeing how quickly it was progressing. So I'm like, it like, is the shot in my ass supposed to be working right now or do I need to, <laughs> like, do I you have to wait? Yeah. Do I need to wait? Or like, if I get back to my hotel and it's like now an inch further towards my heart, am I now going, like I was, I needed more specifics, like specifically how much did it need to get worse <laughs> before I panicked? Anyway, everything was fine and I didn't. I would say there that, you know, points out some shortcomings of the medical system in Arizona, which later becomes a factor in the story with Miss Holmes. That's a it very good full circle. <laughs> there yeah. we go. That's a very good full circle. Um, so are you ready to Miss start? Holmes. She does not deserve <laughs> Miss Holmes. Lizzie. <laughs> Liz. <clears throat> are you ready to start Fucking with the story Liz. of Elizabeth? And yes. How she became an absolute egomaniac. I think she's a sociopath. <laughs> I there's something. There's something wrong. There's something. You you don't just wake up one day and decide to start talking like this <laughs> and everything's fine upstairs. So <laughs> <laughs> something was terribly wrong upstairs. I think there were I warning can't wait signs. for us to get the diagnosis. I think nobody saw them. I think we might be talking a little bit loud. Uh, yeah. I okay. think I think they'll live. Mm. Um, Turn on your volume. <laughs> thank you. Um, so let's see. Elizabeth Holmes was born in Washington, D.C. in 1984. Her mom worked on Capitol Hill and her dad worked for Enron at some point, which is its own scandal. So mm-hmm. I think she learned scandal from a very young age. Yes. Also, her great, great, great grandfather was a doctor. Maybe two greats, three greats. Oh, Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them was a doctor and one of them was something, a think, CEO, like a business yeah, owner. I think it was like her uncle was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm great great uncle she had doctor and entrepreneur mm-hmm. in her blood which apparently she was like old white money yes super wasp <laughs> super wasp 
Um, so even as a child, she had really, um, high ambitions of becoming a billionaire and an inventor. When she was, I think about seven, she drew a blueprint for a time machine. And then at nine, someone asked her what she wanted to be. And she said, a billionaire. Can we go back to the time machine thing? Uh Just for a hot second. So she was saying that she made a blueprint for a time machine and every, like the whole thing, how it would work, all of the mechanisms, how it's going to make you travel in time. And I think the fact that, that she believed that she had Uh discovered, like I, like, I don't know how strongly she really, but the way that she was explaining it and what we saw her explaining was like, she really thought like she had this blueprint for a time machine and Mm -hmm. how it would work. Like, what do you mean how it would work? How would it how work? Would it, how how would that work? Good questions. I feel like you got the these were the early signs, from, like <laughs> the time stone. I feel like early these were signs. the early signs that she was a dirty, dirty liar with her pants on fire, yeah. and nobody stepped in to intervene as they should have. Which I get it. She's like a child and imaginative. Yeah. There but was like, a point between then and being twenty four that somebody, <laughs> probably her mom, should have stepped in and said, "Hey, I get it." I see what you're trying to do. Issue is, it's not working, though. Uh, and you are so fucking delusional. Let's just pull the plug. Let's just walk away right now. <laughs> cut our it's losses. Time. It's cut time our losses. Around. It's just like, when I was little, I wanted to be a doctor, so I dissected fish mm-hmm. to see what was inside. Which sounds sociopathic, um, <laughs> but also... Maybe young doctory, maybe just interested in the anatomy, yeah. and she wants to and that's be an inventor, like... and then creates a time machine. Like she mm-hmm. didn't just like figure out how the clock works. She didn't like take apart the TV mm-hmm. and then put the like remote back together or some no. shit. Like, yeah, I feel a like time that's machine. where like normal inventors should start. Yeah, and do start, and like, but making up make believe things, uh-huh. which comes later in the story. <laughs> Which will come full circle. Yeah. Um, so she was a really successful high school student. Uh, one of her teachers described her as the type of student he could trust with his car and she would bring it back with a full tank of gas. She was trustworthy, bright, driven, motivated, all very good qualities to have. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like she got really derailed when she could take zero feedback or criticism (laughs) (laughs) or like analyze data. I feel like that's where we really get lost in it. I read that she, as a child, was very competitive. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah, would have to like, like would play Monopoly, but would have to play until the end so that she Uh could win everything. But if she wasn't winning, then would storm off and be like completely un-okay with that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Which seems accurate in her old, older character. it seems to it seems to be part of her character development that uh-huh. really stuck. Well, it it does it probably what happened is she would play Monopoly like that as a child and her parents were never like, "Hey, yeah, no, suck it up." Like <laughs> you got to lose sometimes, kid. Uh, you win some, you lose some. Uh you deal with it, you move on. Uh she was only used to winning and yeah. that created a very complex adult. Um <laughs> so I think uh she was as, like, a junior in high school, attending the Stanford summer program, mm-hmm. she, like, learned how to speak Mandarin, I think, in high school, went to Beijing for a summer before she 
graduated high school and then eventually started to attend Stanford. Uh, I think her major was chemical engineering. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then she, in her undergrad, like, entry-level classes, decides that she wants to invent, uh, would you call it, like, a nanochip-like device? What, how would you describe it? Yeah, um, like a transdermal yes. nanochip. That then monitors can, your blood? Yeah, it, like, monitors your blood, can diagnose things, and then administer the medication, specifically, mm-hmm. like, antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Which she patented. Yes. She patented that at, what, like, 18? Yeah. 19? Yeah, I think... It's her, it's her freshman year, so 18 or 19. Um, so she talked to this idea, uh, talked about this idea with one of the her professors at Stanford, Phyllis Gardner, who essentially told her that it wasn't gonna work. <laughs> That's just not real. And, like, where things were at at that time, it just, it wasn't going to happen. She also made some points that I don't fully understand about antibiotics being potent. That's why we have to administer them in IV bags. You can't just administer them through the skin like that. Uh, Something about microfluidics, I don't fully understand the science behind it. I don't know if you have any uh, background in that. Um, okay, so first of all, I just looked up just to double check what Phyllis Gardner... So she was a professor of medicine, Phyllis Gardner was. Uh-huh. So she's not just anybody. <laughs> she was like um, the dean of education at one point or something like that. Yep. Um, she was professor of medicine at Stanford School of Medicine, and she was previously the dean of education. So she um, knew what she was talking about. <laughs> yes, she did. Um, and went to Harvard. <laughs> so she wasn't just anybody um so yeah she knew what she was talking about and she was like yeah that's not gonna work um but our sweet lizzie not mm-hmm. one to take no for an answer yeah she finds somebody else and so she moves on to um channing robertson uh who i believe was like a professor in engineering at stanford she pitches the same nano chip idea to channing robertson who says you know what? Great idea. You're really changing the game. You're revolutionizing things. I'm going to help you start a business. Uh, but he had no background in medicine. Mm-hmm. He was the professor of chemical engineering. Oh, chemical engineering. Yeah. Okay. So but not medicine. No, not medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, it's, there, you're going to notice a theme here in that. Nobody everybody at the who, top. <laughs> yeah, nobody at the top. Nobody who believes in her. Nobody who was like, wow, what a great idea. Actually has background in medicine no or uh like biological sciences no or anything like that so no so um then she decides at 19 she's going to drop out of stanford to start her company which was initially called real-time cures and then evolved into theranos which is a combination of therapy and diagnosis um so she creates this medical device company that aimed to revolutionize blood testing she wanted to eliminate the need for uh, venous draws. Yeah, intravenous. And promised that her device, her revolutionary testing method. Thing. Which she um, called Edison. <clears throat> the, yes, the machines were called Edison. Edison. With a single finger prick of capillary blood, she would be able to run 250 plus tests. Yeah. In a All small on the machine, same drop of blood. On the same drop of blood in a small machine that would give you results in, like, what, an hour tops? Yeah. 
Um, so this Practically was, instant in yes. medical standards. <laughs> yes. So she thought that this would revolutionize medicine. Her main goal was to make it very affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted to put, like, people in charge of their health care. Yeah. Which is, like, a very noble idea. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she necessarily had bad intentions. That's no. kind of something I struggle with. It seems yeah. like she wanted to make things accessible and affordable and give power to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I respect that. I feel that. I do. I get that. I just feel like it got a little misguided and really off the rails, uh, as we'll see as we go along in, in her journey of building a company from the ground up. Things things get a little messy. Um, so, all of her investors were absolutely awestruck at the game <laughs> that she talked but again, none of them had backgrounds in medicine. So, like, the Walmart family was mm-hmm. a major investor. Uh, Betsy DeVos. I saw, I even made a note of investor. that to be like, did you see Betsy DeVos was an investor? Um, and, like, let's put her in charge of education. Mm-hmm. That was really mm-hmm. fun. She knows so much. She um, just knows so much about everything without mm-hmm. having to ever learn about it. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's, she's incredible. Wow. CEO of Oracle. Who else? Former um, Secretary of State. Random rich dads of her friends. Yes. So that also <laughs> leads me to believe that she grew up very, like, well off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how else she would meet. Maybe I guess maybe at Stanford. Like, maybe she got into Stanford but didn't come from a really wealthy family. But if your mom worked on the Hill... And yeah, your dad, no, she had, she had She money. definitely she had did. Money. I didn't, like, read that anywhere necessarily, but yeah. I just can only Those assume. Are, that's the, the Jamie Devaney... Um, psychoanalyzing there. We're pretty sure she was rich. Yeah, you don't just just have that type of confidence if you didn't grow up with all those I mean, connections. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, okay, but like Steve Jobs and other like successful Silicon Valley types, were they Steve Jobs also rich? Steve Jobs I think also dropped out of Stanford or dropped out yeah. of some really well, that's part I mean, of the that's inspiration. Part of her thing. Yeah. But I just mean, like, like Bill Gates. Did Bill Gates start off with money? I don't think. I, did he? I think, I think, like, some. Like, more than you and me right now. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I would say this is, That's like, we hard. really started something from the ground up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they had, like, early on people who gave them money. Okay. Who, like, believed in them. Whether that was, like, personal connections or, like, merit-based. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But they definitely did start off with, like something oh, yeah. like people say it started in a garage it mm-hmm. kind of did but not it was quite. like a really nice garage <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there was also a lamborghini in the garage maybe yeah. <laughs> um so holmes goes on to build theranos which is evaluated at nine billion dollars at its like peak <clears throat> at its peak and in 2015 her net worth was estimated at 4.5 billion i believe uh and forbes listed her as the youngest self-made billionaire specifically woman or i i don't know if it's specifically woman let's double check it i think it's just the youngest ever self-made woman billionaire okay so in 2016 forbes calls her the youngest female self-made billionaire uh and in 2016 they revised that to say she's worth less than zero dollars, I believe, is <laughs> with what she had to pay back I to saw, investors. Yeah. Less than zero. Um, <clears throat> so like, yikes. 
she runs into a lot of problems when she's trying to build these Edison machines that are going to analyze the blood, run these tests. She has engineers mm-hmm. working on building the machines and then, what, biotechnicians running on the actual tests, working yeah. on the actual tests. However, she was so obsessed with secrecy and made everybody sign NDAs and nobody was allowed to talk about anything mm-hmm. and was obsessed with her security that there was no communication happening between the engineers and the biotechnicians. Mm -hmm. So it was like the problems were never going to get solved because there was no communication on, like, what the problems were on each side. And the secrecy, like, it ran so deep that people were saying that they would send an email, not copy Elizabeth or Sunny, who was her Her COO. Yeah. Um, And would not copy either of them and then would get a response from one of them to that email. And, like, one yes. of the receptionists realized that she was, I can't remember what they called it. Being key, keystroke. Keystroke, thank you. Um, so, like, severe, like strong surveillance happening on the people mm-hmm. working there. Mm-hmm. Just to build off of what you were saying. Well, and it, also people who, investors or whoever who visited the company to, like, check things out, look around, said that they would mm-hmm. be escorted to the bathroom by Sunny he would wait outside for them and then escort them back to the conference room. How is that not a massive red flag? Uh, I don't know. Well, so the I was listening to ABC's podcast, The Dropout, um, mm-hmm. talking about her, and somebody early on from Walgreens, uh, before she got a huge deal, which we'll get into later, she gets a deal with Walgreens, somebody early on from Walgreens toured the facility um, and had a lot of suspicions about her. Um, and thought it was weird and said he asked to see their lab and they were like, oh yeah, later we'll take you down there and then never saw it. Uh, he said she was like very evasive with things, Mm -hmm. um, and not very direct. So he ended up, I don't know if he left his position at Walgreens or what exactly happened, but he decided to pull out of his relationship with Elizabeth Mm -hmm. and, um, smart move. This was in, I think it was in, like, 2011, 2012, before she really blew up. Um, and he said his wife one day was talking to him, like, I think you made a huge mistake. Like, this woman's on the cover of Forbes Glamour uh, Time. Uh, you, I think you messed up. Uh-huh. And he was like, maybe, and maybe that's something I'll have to live with, but I can't shake the feeling I got. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just gonna live with that, that I made the right choice for me. Yeah. And he made the right choice. He... Absolutely. Yeah. Had a suspicion and stuck to it. And it makes me curious how many other people had their suspicions about her mm-hmm. and didn't uh, commit to getting out. I can't imagine. Okay. It's going to get a little superficial. Uh-huh. But I can't imagine looking at her and believing anything she says. She has crazy eyes. She just looks like she's lying. <laughs> the eyes and the voice. Maybe it's only because I know that she was lying. Now I look at her. I'm like, you just look like a liar. But mm-hmm. I can't imagine that she she comes up to you and is like, hey, give me some money for this thing. I won't <laughs> tell you anything about it. Like, why do you give that money? <laughs> it um, doesn't make any sense to me. So, from what I can, what I have gathered is that she was very good at pushing a narrative and saying, we're accomplishing a lot and everything's going really smoothly and everything is going really well and like we are revolutionizing things and it's really easy to keep saying that especially when they can't fact check it yeah and maybe they weren't bothered by the fact that they couldn't fact check it but it's nobody that was working for her believed in what was happening yeah it was only people on the outside and so that level of secrecy really allowed her to pull off a massive scam 
<laughs> Mass. And I guess people weren't that concerned with the fact-checking because she was so charismatic and believable and mm. sure of herself. So she was so sure, sure of, of herself. herself. Yeah. So... <laughs> So that, uh, you know, led her to the point of then getting a major deal with Walgreens to set up her Edison Theranos testing centers inside of Walgreens Wellness Centers, Mm -hmm. which were primarily launched in Arizona, but I think there were some in California too. I don't ever remember that hearing about them in California. Mm -mm. I think there were some, but I think it was primarily Arizona. Um, So these testing centers open up and all in, all is well and good at first and people are getting their finger pricks and there was a little aquarium in the testing room and kept people nice and relaxed and eventually uh some patients were showing up to get what they thought would be a finger prick test which then turned out to be a venous draw mm-hmm. and people were up in arms understandably <laughs> Because yeah. they were told this would be a revolutionary finger prick. And this was not what was at all advertised to them and not what they were anticipating. And her whole thing was like getting people in that usually wouldn't go because of the time or they're afraid of needles. She uh-huh. apparently was very afraid of needles. Yes. We did that. I mean, not that that's like a huge plot point, but. <laughs> but apparently she's so afraid of yeah. needles. She felt compelled to create this she, company. I saw her, She was explaining that her like greatest, like the most terrifying nightmare that she could possibly imagine was having like vials and vials of blood drawn after having this massive needle shoved in her arm like it's not that bad it's It's not and your obsession with it is weird you know what i mean yeah your obsession with it is a little bit concerning um absolutely so you know, people start getting their venous draws at the wellness centers and they're like, what the hell? This is a scam. Um, and then back at the lab, because they were not able to test them on site in the Edisons, they were getting sent back to, was the lab in what, Silicon Valley? Yeah, they were, yeah, things were being sent, like, back to Palo Alto. Overnight or whatever. I yeah, think they were the saying lab. through FedEx. They were Jesus FedExing Christ. them back to Palo Alto to test Blood them. samples. Where then, still the Edison machines were not working in Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. So technicians would have to test these samples by hand, which the nanotubes are incredibly small and mm-hmm. impossible to maneuver. Plus, they needed more blood, so they were diluting mm-hmm. samples of capillary blood, which is why they then had to get venous blood, because they needed more blood. Yeah. And then the sample, the test that they would run with the nano tainers or whatever the hell she called them something nanotubes nanotainers those tests which some of them i think they were able to run a very select few on edison uh and then other ones they would dilute and test themselves um it's a nanotainer by the way thank you yeah thank you (laughs) we're giving back horrendously inaccurate results yeah dangerously inaccurate results to report back to people horrifyingly (laughs) inaccurate results um, one of them was explaining one of the technicians in there or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, that the phlebot or the, Jesus Christ, the, uh, syphilis tests that oh, they yeah. were testing people for various things, including syphilis. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that if somebody, if 100 people came in with syphilis, I think the numbers that he used, if 100 people came in with syphilis, 
37 of them would be told that they didn't have syphilis, even though they did. Mm-hmm. And everybody else would get a proper positive diagnosis of syphilis. So, so many false negatives. Yes, um, which is insane. Why not just do things the conventional way? <laughs> it Like, uh, that would not happen Mm-mm. with a normal blood test. Like, you are ruining people's lives. It's crazy that they were still using, like, they're sending back these samples to Palo Alto to be mm-hmm. tested because there's not Edison's on site. No. So they have to send them to Palo Alto anyways. And then in at the Palo Alto Center, mm-hmm. they have these lab techs doing hand, you know, by lab bench, um, yes. whatever. But then still putting things in the Edison to have false... Like, why are we even... Like, the, the well, seven things that work in the Edison... It's crazy that those would be put in the Edison for the Edison to try to figure it out. And then they would do everything else by hand. Like, well, so then what was happening was the Edisons were just outright not working. Mm-hmm. And I think there were so many tests coming back and not enough manpower. They brought in conventional, I think, I think it's like Siemens devices uh-huh. uh, is the like Which medical I think or is biotech hilar- company. Yeah, it's Siemens. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that the machine is called Siemens. They were bringing in these traditional devices Mm -hmm. to run regular blood tests. I forgot that. But you're getting hundreds of millions of dollars saying that what you have is so novel. Did you... I just remembered this. I read that the condition, the stipulation with getting money from these investors Mm -hmm. was explicitly that she would not tell you how the machines worked. Yes, I, yep, yep, yep. That was how this was going to work. You give me money and I will tell tell you you literally nothing. (laughs) I will tell you nothing other than the fact that it's completely secret. Which then, you know, makes me think. Trade secrets was something that they said so many times. You're sharing trade secrets, trade secrets. Like what? trade secrets what trade secrets it seems like you have nothing mm-hmm. happening behind the scenes here and people crazy and and people tried to confront her with it and she would just threaten to fire him let him go so one of the i forget exactly what his title was his name was ian gibbons um he was like one of the top scientists at theranos who caught on to the fact that the science wasn't there. He was a biochemist. He was, like, one of their top biochemists. He caught on to the fact that the science wasn't there and that things weren't working like she said they were and, like, she wanted them to. And he brought this up to her, and she fired him, I believe. And then, very quickly, he was hired back. Um, But when she hired him back, he was, like a janitor or no he was an hr person (laughs) and people said that this was something she would do like if a biotechnician some type of scientist had anything critical to say of her they would be fired Mm -hmm. and then very quickly rehired but put in like an hr or a janitor position which is weird why bring them back power move such a power move yeah she's crazy um so then uh Ian was asked to testify against her and was experiencing a lot of turmoil over this decision because he knew he would be fired if he did testify against her. And he was really terrified of the repercussions that would come. Um, So, trigger warning. Ian attempts to take his own life. 
Mm-hmm. He then, uh, he does not complete suicide, but he's in the hospital for a week before he passes away by his wife's side. Oh. His wife, Rochelle, said that he was a brilliant man and that if this was ever going to work at Theranos, he would have been the person to do it. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth said nothing to her uh, after right Anne's now. passing, uh, except for requesting back all of their classified documents and whatever. And that mm-hmm. was all she ever said to this poor widow. So, horrible. not only is she a liar, she's a monster God. without a conscience. Yeah. Heartless. Anyways, um, so, eventually, after all of the Walgreens stuff starts to fall apart, the FDA kind of gets tipped off to the fact that her results are horrendously inaccurate People are getting results back, fearful that they have tumors and cancer, and then they go to their regular doctor and everything's perfectly fine. So the FDA gets involved. So also, I think, important to note that in Arizona, where this was all being, like, rolled out initially, um, the Theranos Labs, in specifically in Walgreens, um, that she also lobbied to have a law passed in Arizona that people that patients can request their own labs they don't need a doctor order it doesn't need to be like specifically doctor orders in order to get the labs done um which is why even these patients are able to get these labs talking about whether or not they have cancer when Mm -hmm. they're not having those ordered by their doctors and Mm -hmm. then having to go to their doctor and be like what is happening here so craziness because that was like it's just all of it ridiculous yeah, and I it's it's noble to want to empower people to be involved in their health. Absolutely. However, at a point that's like reckless. Like and at like the the idea of being able to it was the whole thing was like you have an a la carte menu of these mm-hmm. like different lab tests that you can have ordered. And the idea of it is amazing that you're able to be like, "Hey, maybe I have high cholesterol. I'm going to check my cholesterol. Oh, look, my cholesterol is good or my cholesterol is bad or whatever." Mm-hmm. But like I think that that's only really good for certain things, but not yeah. For not for tests that you don't entirely understand the yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Even that's... like cholesterol um, like, I don't know, some people have, like, naturally higher yeah. blood pressure, naturally higher cholesterol, and, like, whatever, they have to watch that or be mindful of it, but they, they maybe have, like, a natural that deviates from the normal. They mm-hmm. have something that's consistent for them. If you're not, you know, working with a physician or, like, monitoring those results long term, and you just see something that is out of the normal range, yeah. but you don't know what that means in the context of your long term health, yeah. that information is kind of useless to you. Yeah. And it's going to make you unnecessarily fearful or, you know, you're, you're, you don't know what to do with that. Yes. I think, you know, empowering people in order, like, to mm-hmm. be responsible for their health and to be able to have, like, a hand in their health. Yes. Is awesome. I think that a uh, underlying theme in all of this is a kind of disregard for, like, the amount of education that there is in medicine, in science, in mm-hmm. some of these things that it's, like kind of looked over like oh like you don't need to know that in order to be able to do this like she like which is highlighted by the fact that she dropped out of stanford at 19 to start a company that she had absolutely zero background knowledge in zero background that is she was a chemical engineer she yeah she was a chemical engineer and she wasn't she was she had just done her freshman year at stanford 
Can yeah. you remember what you learned freshman year? I took like English courses, chem. The most introductory the classes. Most, like sociology 101. The most like cursory <laughs> basic knowledge that she decided to revolutionize healthcare. Yeah. And it's not, okay, so I think that there are definitely some fields you don't need formal knowledge in. And I think Steve Jobs is a great example of that. She loves Steve yes. Jobs. She idolizes Steve Jobs. But, you know, I think that there's certain things that you're able to teach yourself. Mm-hmm. And especially if you start, you know, in high school or start younger, you're able to, like, kind of teach yourself some computer programming things. And then you're able to, like make some things or whatever. I don't know how Steve Jobs had that knowledge, but that's not the same kind of knowledge that you need to like... To work on people's bodies. work on people. It's not medicine. There's a reason that... Steve Jobs could have messed up a hundred times and hundreds of thousands of times and it wouldn't have had... It wouldn't have killed anybody. No, it wouldn't have killed anybody or had consequences in their life and their personal health. What she was doing was reckless to people who didn't know any better because they were told that it was... There was All well and good. One guy, um, God, I can't remember who it was. It was, I think it was the old guy who had the grandson who worked as an intern. Do you remember his Ro- name? I think his name was Robert Schultz, and he was a former Secretary of State. Yes, I believe it was him. I'll double check that. Um, that he was like, oh, like, you know, she was the perfect person for this. She had, you know, the uncle who was the. CEO or entrepreneur or whatever and mm-hmm. the grandfather who was a doctor like she it just came down and like those aren't inheritable not that's no. not inheritable knowledge yeah those aren't things that you just like like oh my great-grandpa was a doctor now I am one too like, <laughs> it's I, not like you can just join the family yeah <laughs> like like even when your great like your great-grandpa being a doctor inspires you to become a doctor and now you're gonna go to and medical now you go school. to medical school and that's your why for like for going to years. medical school for so like Four years of medical school, and then a residency, and then, like, specializations, and then, and then you're a doctor who's able to do these things and has the knowledge for this stuff. And the idea that, like, she was such a great investment and, like, her ideas were going to be so wonderful because she had the family background. Like, <laughs> you think her great-grandpa was teaching her medicine? <laughs> you think her great-grandpa survived, like, long enough into her adult life to, I mean, maybe they were all really young when they had each other. I don't know. But... Absolutely. In my family, there was... Absolute I didn't have a nightmare. whole lot of great-grandpa contact. No. Definitely not enough to teach me medicine. To teach me how to be a doctor. <laughs> to teach me how to by be a the doctor. age of seven. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so... Yeah, the FDA gets involved. They... The FDA is who realized, I believe, that she was using just regular, standard, run-of-the-mill Siemens devices at her labs where she claimed to have revolutionary stuff (laughs) happening um which then of course led to her being accused of several counts of fraud being tried for several counts of fraud um so she now is awaiting trial uh in march of this year um we'll see if that gets postponed it was postponed from august of last year because of the pandemic miss rona because of miss rona so her current trial date is March of this year. We'll see what happens. She deserves a very long time behind bars. I saw that she was looking at, like, 20. Which really? Which seem nearly long enough. No, and I don't think she'll get 20. No. No. You get, like, 10, and then you get, like, yeah. three years. Yeah. And then it's all, like, serve time. They're, and it's they're all considering like the her cushiest. not having her money as serve time. <laughs> <laughs> it is. She's going to have the time cushiest served, experience. Whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she won't be doing too well in prison without her black turtlenecks. <laughs> oh my god. Which that is just so, such a thing in and of, of itself, but. Devin and I are, well, I took mine off, but we, today, for this. In honor of Miss Lizzie. <laughs> in honor of Miss Lizzie. We are in our black turtlenecks, very much like Steve Jobs and Miss Lizzie. I get it. It's a power move. I get it. I felt so powerful in it. Um, I wanted to read this quote. Mm-hmm. Um, this was her description of the scientific process uh-huh. of the Edison. I would love to hear it. A chemistry is performed so that... <laughs> God. <clears throat> a chemistry is performed so that a chemical reaction occurs <laughs> and generates a signal from the chemical interaction with the sample, which is translated into a result, which is then reviewed by certified laboratory personnel. Then she added, thanks to miniaturization and, automata- and automation, we're able to handle these tiny samples. Wow. A chemistry is performed. That was like if my chemistry teacher asked me, like, so how does this reaction work? <laughs> That's like, yeah, it's a chemistry chem 101 <laughs> lab final. Between two chemicals. <laughs> and there is a result. It and is that observable. result is, is from the reaction. And that reaction. That occurred <laughs> between two chemicals. <laughs> She's a nightmare. Also, I, from my cursory knowledge... Her Edisons might not have been entirely doomed had she just let them be a little bit larger. There was Mm -hmm. a lot that she was trying to fit into a very small box, and she was adamant, because she was adamant about, uh, like, looks and presentation and maintaining the facade of something. She really shot herself in the foot with that one. I... She she also had a lot of military contracts, I want, or supposedly, actually... Did she? She said that stuff she, was being used in, like, Iraq, and it wasn't. She, I was reading that for one of her proposals, she fabricated a quote from a general. Wow. About, about the Edison and, like, using the Edison and stuff, and then it was, turned out that that person never lie. said that, and it was a <laughs> lie. Um, but she did have, like, military people, high yes. up military people yeah, yeah. on the board and stuff. Yes. I wonder if that may have, like played a role in what, why it needed to be that size because they wanted to be able to like transport it easily oh, and like oh like I'm just gonna have this on the back of the Humvee <laughs> doing things oorah I don't know that that is a good point I didn't think about that although I think it's because she's a stubborn ass yeah no it's probably because she's a psychopath <laughs> I think it's because she's a crazy I'm just like person. you know benefit of the Dow uh-huh. devil's advocate she is the devil I will advocate <laughs> anyways God. Um, that's where we land with Miss Elizabeth Holmes, and we will see what happens. Hopefully we'll have an update for you all about what happens with her if she does attend her trial in March. Maybe she won't attend. Maybe she's gonna... (laughs) She'll just leave. What was that island um, where they were supposed to have that music festival? Fire Festival. Fire Festival. What if she just goes and lives on Fire Festival Island? I feel like they would be really good for each other. That's true. She is the, like, fire festival of... Uh, a company? Of biotechnology. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're a match made in heaven. Yeah. So. That was fun. That was. That's all we have for you today. That was longer than I thought it'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe cut some down. <laughs> Um, okay, so if you have any questions, recommendations for future episode uh, topics... Um, 
recommendations for alcohol for us to drink and review, you mm-hmm. can email us at two girls one topic pod at gmail.com. And the two and the one are the numbers, not spelled out. So mm-hmm. two girls one topic numbers. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Both of those are at two girls one topic. Again, that's the numbers, not the words. And in the bios for Insta and Twitter, you can find us as well. Well, you can find Jamie on Insta, and you can find Jamie and Ebony on Twitter. Maybe we'll... I don't uh, have an Instagram because I'm a rebel. <laughs> so actually, in high school, I made her an Instagram, and it has not been updated. I was going to run mm-hmm. an Instagram for her. I was going to mm-hmm. run her social media life. Um, and maybe we'll just tag She's that. my social media manager. I am. So maybe we'll tag that so you guys can just see a little pic of Dev. Uh-huh. Um, we'll have to figure when out I was the like password for that. Seventeen. Mm-hmm. I think Jamie it's... and I have been friends for a very long we time. If you can't tell. <laughs> we met in AP Bio. Well, that's well, not where we yeah. met. That's where we became very good friends. I've known Jamie since I was like ten years old. Yeah, we've known each other. You went to Cray. Yeah, we've known each other since elementary school. Maybe we'll we'll blur out what elementary school we went to. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said the name of it. Keep it top secret. Yeah. <laughs> for anonymity. <laughs> Anonymity. Anonymity. Why do I have a podcast? I can't say words. It's okay. We'll get there. Um, Yeah, so follow us and like us and recommend shit for us. Um, Love you. And we will see you next week. And we hope that you stay curious. Oh, that was so cute. Stay curious, guys. Bye, friends. Bye.